morning, huh? Turn in your Bible, please, to the book of Matthew, chapter 18. And uh, I know that it's time change, that <clears throat> beacon of a clock up there is telling me that's 107. I'm sure some of your stomachs are telling you that too, but um, if you hear somebody's stomach growling nearby, just say Amen. Thank you, madam. Matthew 18, verse 1. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever shall receive one such little child in my name receives me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hung, hanged about his neck than that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Greatest in the kingdom. We know this term from many studies in the past as being our old friend Maison, which is what uh, Jesus spoke about, how that we would do the greater works than these because he went to the Father. That, of course, comes from megas, which is one of the power words in the New Testament that means how you see an expansion, how you see an expansion out from the place where you, where you are. And Megas is, is a reaching out from that point with the favor of the Lord. So when the Lord is speaking about greatest, who is the greatest in the kingdom, and this is how you can become the greatest, it's, it's all about you being willing to extend out from where you are under the direction of the Spirit. And I believe that, that's been what our mandate from the Lord that's what's what it's been as saints where we've seen God begin that work of growing and expanding outward within us we we've all had to break through the barriers of what we've been and what we've known into the increasing revelation of the spirit to us and God has expanded and and caused us to grow in him and to develop in him and with that then comes the, those measures of the way God can use us. And from that then, being able to go forth into many nations and to um, make disciples out of people who will do that same thing. This is the way God's Spirit moves. It's what God intended with Abram as he walked in faith and he Get, was given an expansion. Everywhere the sole of your foot treads, I give that to you. Um, we've, we've seen that in, in so many other aspects of the kingdom. But when, when you see this measure of how do you become great, what is the greatest in the kingdom, it's all about that principle of uh, allowing, God to, allowing God to expand you and allowing God then to open up that Parat's kind of an expression. 
You know, the principle of Peretz and Peratz. You stand faithfully where God has called you to stand. You apply His principles. You're faithful there in that gap. God searches for you to stand in that gap. And then as you do that, the Peratz breakthrough comes. It may not be in the timing you expect, but it will come. That's God's principle. And to me, the, the, the principle of the greatest in the kingdom is that same thing because megas means that you have been directed by the throne to, to represent God and all those power words that flow in so many passages of Scripture in the New Testament, they all direct to what you do in the place that God has called you to stand and to welcome the kingdom. So this is a discussion about greatness. Who is the greatest in the kingdom? And I think what Jesus says here is not so much we focused, and every point of this, these are the words of Jesus, so every point of this is a rich fillet of meat in the kingdom. But we focused about becoming childlike, and we should. We should we should be uh, as chaste virgins before the Lord, where when God speaks something to us, and we, we enter in, we enter in with expectancy, we enter in with delight, just as children do. We enter in not trying to tell God what to do, but to wait on Him. And um, um, a good child does that. An impetuous child doesn't. But a humble child will be that. And they're happy where they are, and they're happy with what they have to do. And and they they submit with that childlike faith and that childlike goodness. But there are other points here that, that really make that business of the child um, have greater meaning. One of them is he put the child in the midst. We've talked about this. Later on in this chapter, uh, you, you see Jesus in verse 20 speaking about where two or three are gathered together in my name, according to my name, I am in the midst. The study of the midst in Scripture is manifold. And again, we've talked about this in the past. But being in the center of what God wants you to do is a place where Jesus abides. And if you're there in that place, focusing upon what the name has given you to represent for the kingdom, you're going to be really doing well. And, um, you know, I believe that Jesus putting this child in the midst was focusing on that principle. You know, last week we spoke about Sarah, and we spoke about how her name, <clears throat> her original name was indicating that tight place, that place of, of, um, of dwelling where God calls you to, it, it, it's a narrow place, it's an uncomfortable place at times, but it's a place that God pours the supply into and then the breakthrough comes, the supply comes. That is a type of the midst. And, and so Jesus is talking about how you break through, how you become the exemplary dem demonstration of the kingdom and he speaks about the midst, and he speaks about you cherishing that as a child. But he doesn't stop there. He also talks about uh, being converted. In fact, he starts with converted. You see that, except you be converted. And this is not metanoia. 
This is a this is a really unique word, and I encourage you to to study how the Spirit used this word. It's strephos, and it it speaks about a turning. And look at all the times in the Scripture where the Lord turns and then does something, or the Lord turns and speaks over a city, or the Lord turns and speaks over what the Spirit is doing, said, behold that, or the Lord turns and, and makes a, a demonstration. One of the, the, one of the most famous ones was when Peter, in, um, in chapter, I believe it's chapter, yeah, chapter 16 of Matthew, just not very far, far before this, not very far before it, he says, um, Peter says, oh, Lord, you can't go up to Jerusalem, you know, you don't do it. And Jesus turns, <laughs> and, he, and he says, Get thee behind me, Satan. You're not savoring the things of the kingdom. Savoring, phroneo. You're not participating in what the Spirit is revealing, what the affection of this person should be, and what the understanding should be. And when Jesus turned, that's this same term and I think that's interesting. I don't want to go too far with this, but Jesus is going along. Satan is creating a scandalizo. He's, he's creating an issue. That same term is used here when Jesus says, if you bring offense to the little child, it's the same term. The enemy is always trying to distract from the back. It's an Amalekite tactic, which God said he would fight against forever. And, you know, sometimes you have to turn and you need to redirect tell Satan to get out from there. And, and really, when Jesus, think about this, when Jesus turns and he says, Satan, get behind me, that would be saying, look, you're, you're not supposed to be messing around in our camp. We're supposed to be attacking where you are. And I think that's a very interesting term. So except you be converted, talking about the greatest, talking about being childlike, talking about being someone that um, is humble, you've got to first be willing to recognize this is what God is saying and be willing to make that turn. Again, this is not metanoia. Metanoia, repentance, means to do a 180, a change of thinking, a change of course. This term means that you're going to be instant to, to, to notice what God is doing to recognize what should not be happening, and to, to specifically even interrupt. You, you see this over and over again in the ministry of Jesus. Uh, and if you, if you read it, if you read it in the, even in the High and Holy King James, you think, sir, Jesus sure does a lot of turning around. <laughs> he says it over and over again, and Jesus turned about. Jesus turned around. You know, you think, well, he's God. Why didn't he just address it before he went past it? Why was he like a normal man? Is, is he at all points tempted like Dennis and I are? We has to turn around. Should have asked directions at the beginning. But that's not what Jesus was demonstrating. Sometimes you walk through a thing, and when Satan comes in one way, you recognize it, and then you make your address. This is what Jesus says. And he was speaking to the disciples. He was speaking to these ones that had walked with him who had seen the kingdom. And he says, "Unless except you be converted, you've got to be sensitive to what God is doing. And, you, and you've got to make sure that you are willing to, to make a stop and to address, make a stop and observe. It's, it's a Pagah principle, really. 
God was in this place and I knew it not. We don't want to be that. We want to see the place of the double camp. We want to see where the enemy may be meddling and we, we command him to get out of our camp and go back to the lines of opposition as we press forward and tear down that kingdom. This is a very interesting term. I encourage you to study it, except you be converted. But it, but it goes on further, and um, it, it speaks about verse 5. Whosoever shall receive one such little child in my name receives me. Now, this isn't just saying make sure you like kids. I love, I love being around little kids. They're funny. Um, and um, I, uh, but, but this isn't about make sure you're kind to the little children. Bless the beast and the children. You know, it's, it's not that, even though you should be kind to them. This is an interesting thing because this word receive, um, I was looking at it um, in some, uh, some uh, lexicons that speak about the originations of words. And in the Greek language, this word was originally used to describe how people relate to in the ancient days, they're gods. They're mythological gods. And they would, they, would, they would offer things to whether it was Zeus or Poseidon or whoever. But, but they would also use this to describe how they perceived what they deemed to be omens or signs. And this is the original way this word was used and it really gained its foundation among the, the Hellenistic world through that avenue, and then it extrapolated. Then it, it became something more about belief and, and to, to accept something. But I think that the Lord is saying more than just, oh, yeah, let me have that little kid. Let me give him some gum, put him on my lap, even though that's a nice thing to do if, if you know the child and you have the right to do that. Otherwise you might get in trouble <laughs> in today's society. You don't want to just be grabbing every little kid because you can get in trouble doing that. But I think that when, when Jesus is talking about breakthrough, when he's talking about being willing to turn, when he's talking about being sensitive and being open, when he's talking about being humble, when he's talking about the, 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 the vitality of the kingdom, and he says, when I begin to do something, you need to be sensitive. You need to recognize your obligation to me, to the Almighty God, and you need to be willing to perceive the signs that I give and recognize them. See, all of these are ways that we break through. Greatest, maison. All of these. Now, it says, whoever offends one of these little ones, and that's kind of a, boy, that's a, colorful description of what would hap happen to them being tossed into the deep with a millstone around your neck swimming with the fishes i mean that that i'm not even going to try to speak about what that, <laughs> that means i'm sure there's a sermon out there somewhere one of you can find on youtube but the other thing is that the offense there is that scandal on which is what the enemy tried to do with peter and it says it there in matthew 16 and it means to bring up a scandal or to scandalize somebody. And, you know, how many times have we seen that? How many times have we seen, early on here, when we would be going forth into something and God was 
progressively developing you and developing this saint's work. And then suddenly there'd be an offense and a scandal and all scandal. And um, I I remember uh, watching a a documentary and I believe it was uh, something had happened and President Lincoln said, oh, this is a scandal. Somebody said, President, this is a scandal. And he said, well, one of the things about the scandal is that if you don't address it, it's just going to keep moving. And so we've got to make sure that we recognize that when we're breaking through in the kingdom and we're childlike and we're being willing to turn and observe and we're willing to, to uh, react to the, the signs that God gives, that there is the potential of scandalizo coming against us. And we need, to, we need to, first of all, recognize the source of that so whoever that might be or whatever that might be, and don't just buy into the bill of goods because you could end up in the, in the briny deep with them. Um, but I think this is just, wow, these guys, why they were asking for who's the greatest in the kingdom is, is a matter of conjecture. Those guys were always talking about that, you know, and Jesus rebuked them for it, <laughs> at least on one occasion. But here he takes it and he says, if you do these things, you will be the same as the greatest, verse 4, in the kingdom of heaven. And that doesn't mean I'm better than you. That doesn't mean, you know, look how much I have and you don't have it. I'm, I'm bigger than you. I'm better than you. It is, it is demonstrating that greater works than these. That's how we are great in the kingdom. We, we do what God says. We remain hungry. We remain childlike. We are humble. We, we are, notice the scenarios God gives, that turning, and we notice the signs that he gives. Those are two different things. And we're willing to keep expanding within and expanding through uh, the nations. And one of the words that came yesterday in uh, our prayer time, I believe this came from Monica, was that we are really in the spiritual year of the saints now, and we are. And what is that year going to portend for us? How are we going to continue to see the expansion of the kingdom? How are we going to see this mission and this, this, uh, this communications identity that God has given us? How are we going to see that manifested? Well, we've got lots of things planning, and we're entering into them now. But how are we going to see it really explode? I believe this is going to be one of the greatest demonstrations of the work of the Lord that we've ever known. And um, I'm, I'm excited uh, with you for that. But I, I declare this passage for all of us, that we would be willing to be childlike again, that we wouldn't be geriatric, that we wouldn't say, well, I'd like to, but I can't. You know, in, in the spirit, I'm speaking about, I'm not necessarily speaking about you physically, I'm speaking about our willingness. Because God, God, man, when God, when Jesus was born, he, they bring him into the temple, and there's two really old people that step up. You've got Simeon and Anna, and they're fulfilling their role. You know, they could have been saying, well, you know, it's time for me to let the younger people prophesy. You know, it's time for me to, you know, we can't do that. We've got to stay alive as long as we're living. 
And we've got to do what God wants, but we can be childlike within and expectant. But we've got to be humble with it. And we've got to recognize that God is expanding. He's in our midst. This midst is something powerful. He is here in the midst. He is in the center of the calling of faith. He's standing with us. And that comes back, you know, whatever, uh, whether you're gathered together in my name, there am I. And that's a treasure beyond, of all the other things we've said, that's a treasure to have Jesus in the midst. But we've got to recognize the scenarios. We've got to recognize and be willing to turn about, not to be distracted, not to lose course, but to recognize and make whatever proclamation needs to be made. But we also need to be sensitive to those things God shows, to receive what encompasses being like that little child is. And we need to guard against the scandal things. It's been a long time since we've faced scandal. I don't like them, because usually I'm in the crosshairs of it. But, you know, the point is, though, that we've got to be aware. We've got to be aware. Our enemy is not happy with what you're doing. Our enemy is not happy with what our mission is. And um, I, I rebuke. I'm not welcoming a scandal in the enemy. I'm not prophesying that. I'm saying we need to be aware of it. And as Barney Fife, Prophet Barney Fife said, we get to nip it. We get to nip it right in the bud. Where? In the bud. All right. Well, it's, it's 1.30 for you. I know it's 12.30, but chronologically it's 1.30 for you. So I'm going to be kind to you. God's done some great things today, hasn't he? What a wonderful thing. We've had all kinds of messages come forth. Restoration, finding lost things, protection, favor, healing. Uh, oh, my goodness. Isn't God good? Goodness gracious. God is good. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all of the wonderful things that you have reserved for those who love you. And we do love you. And I speak a ceiling upon not an C-I-C-E-I-L, but a, but a S-E-A-L, upon all of the goodness that you've given us. And may none of these things be lost or forgotten about. May we hold on to those things that you've said and that you've done in this place today. And we thank you for what you have in store for the saints going forward. I speak blessing upon every one of these precious folks and I look forward to walking through the fields of righteousness with them, following you. We love you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to keep, keep us moving forward in the kingdom. Let us be great for you in the ways we've seen in your word. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day and a great week.